Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Today we want to highlight our sponsor, Foundry Spiritual Center, a collective for spiritual growth and wellness. Foundry Spiritual Center is a new nonprofit that launched in the fall of 2022 and aims to provide educational resources about contemplative formation, including numerous virtual offerings such as the podcast you're listening to right now. The center regularly offers opportunities to engage in contemplative formation practices, as well as thoughtful discussions on important subjects in our world today. We also offer retreats and one-on-one spiritual guidance. Today's podcast highlights the value of online formation. If you enjoy exploring the world through a contemplative lens, these online offerings may be perfect for you. Learn more at foundrysc.com under the Connect tab. But for now, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, it's great to be with you. Today, we are talking about engaging the contemplative online, and I'm so excited. We are joined by my longtime friend and someone who has been with us a lot online lately, Jason Ruina. Jason, it's good to be with you today. Uh, Thanks. It's good to be here. As we get going today, talking a bit about engaging online, I was wondering if you would be willing to share a bit about why did you ultimately choose to engage in these online contemplative experiences? Why was that a part of your spiritual experience? So I'd been exploring the idea of contemplative thinking. I was reading The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr, and that was the first real like whole book that was that I've read that was written by someone in the contemplative space. And that was very interesting to me. But the other thing that was interesting was we've known each other for 20 years and we were both in the same church during our college years and just after college. And, and we, both of our faith journeys really brought us from a similar place to another similar place. The pandemic hit. And I we needed to find a way to keep meeting. Our church didn't really embrace the virtual meeting experience. And I was also looking for a way to get more involved with social justice as well as a service that that was looking at things from more of a contemplative standpoint. Jason, I'm struck by your insights as far as when you and Christina were in college together 20 years ago in a similar faith spot, and then finding yourself in a similar faith spot years later, which certainly I can think back to some of my friendships as well. And I think it's easy to maybe take for granted how technology has played a role in staying connected. Maybe back in our parents' generation, either they didn't move away or would you write letters? I guess that strikes me. And so I'm curious too, even mentioning online. Richard, were different aspects in which we can grow online. And so I'm curious to to hear more about how did you discover that your faith journeys had maybe evolved or moved in different ways? And and 
because you, you did live in different cities at that point. So I'm curious to, to hear more about what seemed like maybe significant conversations were happening, not in person, in online spaces. Christina was doing a lot of YouTube shorts of different topics. And so had a pretty rich YouTube channel. It was those little snippets, but Facebook, seeing the types of things that were posted in YouTube, the YouTube channel, and just having those, or especially as you're scrolling through Facebook, any of the videos that autoplay, and some of them, a lot of them were from her porch. Sometimes we don't naturally think online and contemplative in the same sentence. I think maybe we picture contemplative being more going to a monastery, being out in nature, not necessarily sitting on a Zoom screen. And yet that is part of your story and you're intentionally choosing to be in these online spaces specifically for contemplative spirituality. So I'm wondering if there's like some barriers that you've had to overcome or how do you show up in those online spaces in ways that allow you to be contemplative? I think some of the good things about technology are it lets you connect with people without leaving your house. You don't even have to get dressed necessarily. You can sit there in your PJs and and with your own coffee and connect that way. And like we, we attend, we attend a church in person in town, but it's a 15 minute drive. And, and so if I want to attend a a small group discussion there, it's half an hour there and back then the time there. And I do that. But then like the Monday morning, I joined the Monday morning prayer time that Christina leads each week. And I have a meeting that, that goes up until 20 minutes before that. And, or sometimes five minutes before that. And I'm able to just stop that meeting go get a cup of coffee or, and come back. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to take another 30 minutes out of my day just to attend that. So that, that's really useful. I think sometimes it like, I I think one of the barriers though, is sometimes you don't have that buffer to shift your brain, but driving somewhere can offer a way to, to, shut your brain down from whatever you were doing and and be ready for the next thing where I'm a web developer and I'm working with clients in meetings. And then all of a sudden in three minutes, I've online prayer and I'm like, I'm not ready for that. That's something I have to be careful about and, and even look at my calendar with that in mind. I make sure that that online prayer meeting is on my calendar. And then I try to watch what kind of things I can put right in front of it so that I'm more in a space that that's helpful to me. One of the one of the other thing one of the things I really like about what the foundry does with their online stuff is that you keep to a really you keep to a good time limit. And you, most things it's 30 minutes or 1 hour and you call it right at the end of the time. And I always leave those craving more time or more time to be able to talk or whatever. But yet at the same time, I think that it's really helpful to to keep the energy right, to to allow you to schedule it in between other things throughout the day. These are all really helpful. And now my wheels are turning about <laughs> like, how do I want to help people who are coming from their meetings? So thanks for that. <laughs> I am curious. I think it's helpful to talk through the barriers and I'm so grateful for them. And so 
what causes us to keep coming back? If we're afraid, can I really build a relationship? Do we build relationships? Does that actually happen? What are the benefits ultimately? Do I grow spiritually when I engage in this way? I think, how would you answer questions like that? Oh, and every time there's sometimes like when I, when I let my meeting go long and it actually overlaps the prayer time and I'm like, ah, oh, just skip it today. And every time that I go, nope, you know what? I'll join a little bit late. I'm going to do it. I'm always super thankful. And I think number one, because it allowed me to, like I said, make that put, put prayer in my day with other people without having to drive half an hour, but also just, I, Christine, you've been doing this for a long time these sorts of guided meditations or guided prayers or different types of things. And I, I think not only have you fine-tuned how you lead those things and continue to fine-tune it, you've also fine-tuned how you do that over Zoom. It, like you've got the ambient sounds worked in, you've got the, you figured out how much time you need to allow for chit-chat at the beginning and the end. You're very good about like I said, calling it at right at the time. When I join those meetings, I know that we're going to start praying about X number of minutes after it starts. And we're going to end for sure by 10 minutes to the hour because you very much keep with that. And that consistency is helpful. And you've got to flow about the way that you do it. And you've paid attention to your space and, and your microphone and your internet connection and things like that. And so you've crafted something. And I, th I think that just that between that crafting of the digital space, as well as the practice that you had in leading these sorts of things, it's just a, I find it a very enriching experience. I love looking at your space. You have a table in the background, you have some art, you have guitar in the background and I see that you've cultivated a space. Did you put thought into that? Yeah, I spend lots of hours on video calls every week. And I, 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 nine out of 10 times I have my camera on when I'm on a meeting with someone. I think that creates more connection than just hearing them talk. But when I first started doing video meetings, which I've been doing for, I've been working remotely for seven years or more, where I've had to have regular face-to-face -face meetings over, over video. And I was super self-conscious at the very beginning of the things that were in the frame. And this was before Zoom let you fade the background or do virtual backgrounds. And I found myself looking at myself far too much. But yeah, I like to, so I keep this area of my desk cleaner. One of the nice things about Zoom is that it, it, there, there is more clutter in the rest of the room, but it serves not to distract me. I love that because I think there's the obvious contemplative of the prayer, the thing that we're meditating on or, or discussing, but then there's all of these awareness of, and the same thing, Chris, I, I had noted Jason's guitar in the background and curious about your music. And so there's an aspect of getting a snapshot into someone's personality that in person, we wouldn't see the, oh, he likes Star Wars type of a thing like that might not come up in an in-person meeting. 
And I think also for me, one of the beauties is I've engaged in various online spaces is the opportunity to connect with different people across the country, maybe across the world. And maybe I'm in Northern Wisconsin with my big sweater on and I'm Zooming someone in California sitting on their patio (laughs) with the sunshine and taking a moment to recognize, yeah, we have just different experiences in this moment that we're living. And that's to me, part of the beauty of contemplative online as well as having those little moments as well that are background, but actually add to the experience in my opinion. Yeah, it's neat. And right now, I already know Chris a little bit, but yeah, we're both sitting in rooms where we have guitars against the wall. And so that creates some connection. I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day because this is the mobile work day for you. And technology allows us to take this little break and talk about the benefits of connecting online around contemplative things. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. And now is the part of our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So I can't wait to hear. What are we into today? I have recently resurrected my stability exercise ball. I used it a number of years ago, and then I think the kids were just nuts with it. And so we deflated it and put it away. And I'm like, I want to get that back out again. And it's been so fun, not just personally learning some different exercises with that, but my seven-year-old, we like to play games and bounce on it. And after school, that's been a little routine that we've been doing as his older siblings are at their sporting events. So I am into my stability exercise ball, not only for me, but for connection. Nice. I'm into something very practical. I recently had a birthday and my children are very practical when it comes to getting dad gifts. And so they got me a a jar of Duke Cannon Bloody Knuckles hand cream. And I think because it is colder here in the north and I spend a lot of time outside, the weather dries out my hands. And then I also come inside and I do a lot of food prep and So I do a lot of washing my hands. So the pairing of those two, like being outside, cold hands, I don't wear my gloves as much as I should. So they have come up with the solution for my dry, cracked, bleeding hands. And it is just a wonderful hand cream. And I put it on in the evening and it's done the best job that I've experienced so far out of a hand cream. So I'm into Bloody Knuckles hand cream. That is high praise. Thank you for sharing. I'm sure that will come up very useful to some people. Let's see. I am into planning the garden, as it turns out. So it is the time of year, even though there's still snow on the ground. So we have rented a community garden plot, and then we have decided to, I'm so excited about this part, there's a little portion in front of our house that nothing grows. We figured out we can put like a watermelon plant there and let it grow down along the bed. So finding little ways to make our landscaping gardening has been on our mind the last couple of years, and we just keep evolving it. So we are in that season of making new plans. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. We will look forward to being with you again soon. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.